0: Coming up on Stu Does America, how many politicians have suddenly changed opinions of Supreme Court nominations in election years since the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg? How many have stayed consistent? One of those two numbers is far larger than the other, and the resurgence Drew Holden is going to tell us which one it is. And a gigantic mural dedicated to Andrew Cuomo and Bill de Blasio went up on a street in New York over the weekend, only to be quickly covered up. We'll show you the priceless artwork, which was clearly created by fans of this program. You guys are the best. I really appreciate that. Catch our show on uh, YouTube. Just search my name, Stu, and I'll be the first channel there. Do, Do us a favor. You know, subscribe to us, like all our videos, even this one right now before you forget or I say something that pisses you off. Or skip my stupid face and listen to us on podcasts. Be sure to go to iTunes, rate and review us, do all those things. Uh, I like to read them at the end of the program if you haven't stuck around that long. Some of them are really funny. Uh, I'll never forget, by the way, five stars is the appropriate number of stars. And get access to all the excellent content our uh, network offers, of course, with Blaze TV. Just head to blazetv.com slash stew. Be sure to use the promo code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Plus, you'll save 10 bucks. so if either one of those two things is important to you, go to blazetv.com slash stew. Look, it sucks. We have to talk about the Ruth Bader Ginsburg thing so soon after her passing, but the political implications are far too important for our nation. So tonight, let's do the SCOTUS Dilemma.
1: Stu does America.
0: Well, it's good to see you once again. I am back from vacation. Uh, And I will say I went out to dinner at the beginning of vacation, and then I just stayed at dinner for the whole vacation. So, suits a little tight. Got to get fast blast back in effect here soon. We're going to go through and look at the news, though, because some big news happened. I don't know if you happened to hear about it. Supreme Court uh, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg is dead at 87. Now, look, by all reports, she was a very likable person. One of her best friends was Antonin Scalia. Um, Obviously, the most important thing is that a person died and that all human life is supposed to be valuable, at least to me. Human life is valuable. That's an important concept we should all remember at this time. Of course, we don't run an obituary show here. So my job is to look at how this affects our country. And look, no surprise here that I think... Ruth Bader Ginsburg was an absolutely horrible Supreme Court justice who was on the wrong side of almost every single issue, including whether all human life is valuable. And yes, I did say almost every single issue because she was right at least once. How do you feel about San Francisco 49ers player Colin Kaepernick and other NFL players who have basically refused to stand for the National Anthem? Hmm. What do I think? I think it's really dumb of mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Would I arrest them for doing it? No. no. I think it's dumb and disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same, I would have the same answer if you asked me about flag burning. I said, I think it's a terrible thing to do, but I wouldn't lock a person up for, for doing it. I would point out, how ridiculous it seems to me to do such, a, such an act. Colin Kaepernick is dumb. That comes right from Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> oh, I love that clip so much. It's hard to overestimate a couple of things. Number one, the Republican Party must try and replace her with someone who doesn't find the U.S. Constitution to be the worst document ever written. What an improvement that must be. And number two, if Trump loses or the Republicans lose the Senate, the Republicans must put someone through before January 20th. Blowing your chance to replace Justice Ginsburg is a generational mistake, and that mistake cannot be made by Republicans, period. Even if you replaced her with a freaking moderate, you'd be way ahead of the game. Getting this replacement through isn't an argument to vote for Republicans. That's how people are talking about this. Oh, well, Republicans are gonna do this to get the the vote out and their base will be excited by this. It's not an argument to vote for Republicans uh, that they are able to replace Justice Ginsburg. It's their job. This is a basic requirement. They must do it, they have to do it. If they don't do it, they're falling down on the job. If they can't get this done, it would be hard to ever vote for them again. That is how important this is. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, love her. I'm sure she was very nice. Everyone says very nice things about her. However, when it comes to actually respecting the Constitution, we have a chance to find someone, to install someone who isn't horrible at it. And that is really important. The media is trying to say that Republicans are hypocrites here. We can address all that in a second. But this is something to remember every single time you are in the position of calling your opposition a hypocrite. If your opponent is obviously switching sides on something, you have to ask yourself the question, did you oppose them both times? Because if you did, your hypocrisy is probably showing a little bit, too. Some of this is just, you know, an absurd level of buy-in by the media to the left-wing narrative. Their narrative basically goes like this. Scalia dies with Obama as president. Then Obama names America Garland as his nominee. Republicans say, well, there shouldn't be a vote because it's an election year and we should let the winner of the election pick who the next uh, nominee is. Now, Republicans are fine, of course, with picking a nominee during this election because this time it benefits them. Is this true? Well, not really. The truth is that the entire argument of an election year being part of this discussion has is just nonsense. It's been nonsense from the start. The truth is that Garland was never going to be a Supreme Court justice. The Republicans were in control of the Senate. So what would have happened? And as I said at the time, what should have happened is that they would put Garland up for a vote and he would have been voted down. And none of this would have mattered. This would have been gone. Then maybe Obama puts up another uh, justice and then you vote him down again until he picks somebody who's good. The reason why the Republicans went this direction and tried to make it all about the election year is that, number one, they didn't want to have to force Republican senators in purple states to have to take tough votes. These concerns drive me nuts. But the important thing to remember is that all this Merrick Garland stuff, the stuff that all the Democrats are complaining about now, all of this changed nothing. Nothing. The exact same thing would have happened if they left the the, whole process go forward. If they put Merrick Garland up, he got voted down. Then came the election. Then Trump wins. Then Gorsuch is in. It's the same freaking thing. The other thing to remember is Democrats never adopted this standard. They fought this standard every step of the way and continue to say that this, you know, no nominee in an election year thing was basically the worst crime any party had ever committed. Now they're using this standard, the same one they're fighting so hard for today, they opposed it before. And now they're using it as their justification um, for everything. In fact, if you go back to the Merrick Garland thing, um, when Brett Kavanaugh was was being trotted out as a nominee, Uh, They just accused him of being a rapist. And when Republicans would complain about how unfairly they were treating Brett Kavanaugh, they would just simply respond, oh yeah, well Merrick Garland. This is a horribly dumb point, and all of this is ridiculous. What was an evil and unfair strategy last week is a time-honored tradition that can't be broken today. None of these people mean any of these things. And it's just plainly not some crazy thing Republicans are doing. Let me walk you through the very brief history of SCOTUS vacancies in election years. Total SCOTUS vacancies in election years, 29. Okay, How many times did a uh, president nominate somebody in that election year? I don't know, just all 29. Total times the Senate and president have been in the same party was 19. So of those 19, how many times did they go through during an election year? 17. So 17 of 19, the current situation we're talking about. Now, there have been times like the Merrick Garland time, where there was a Republican Senate and a Democratic president or the opposite. There's 10 of those times in history, total times when that worked out two. So you're two for 10 in the Garland situation. You're 17 for 19 in the, I don't know, Amy Coney Barrett situation or whoever it's going to be this time. Historically, it wouldn't be pushing it through too quickly. It's not a crazy idea. None of this is a crazy idea. Uh, it It is a different situation. I can understand the accusations of hypocrisy at some level because some people didn't argue this very well and honestly made up a lot of BS sort of points on top of the basics. The basics are this. When you have a Supreme Court justice that is being nominated that you think will not respect the Constitution, you just don't vote for them. And that's what would have happened if Merrick Garland were put up in front of uh, the Senate in 2016. The issue here was McConnell tried to protect the Republican Party from having to make some tough votes and the outlying possibility that maybe a bunch of Republicans would uh, would run away and and vote with the Democrats. But remember, they would have needed to get to 60 votes at this time. It's completely unlikely. The main thing that they were doing was shielding a few votes in, you know, uh, bluish or purple states to me. I'd rather stick with the principle because none of this is going on right now. If you would have stuck to the principle back then, let them have the vote and just say no. We think that guy you put out there, Merrick Garland, we think he sucks. So we're going to say no. The other argument that Democrats are putting out is this is too fast. We don't have enough time. I mean, we could never do this. This could never happen. Let me uh, give you this uh, chart here. Uh, as you know, we like graphs here. Conservators, Unite. Graph Palooza part one from back from vacation. Everybody's excited for it. This is the length of time uh, that it took for uh, the nomination to the final vote for a bunch of justices. You'll see uh, some of them when everybody really agreed and loved everybody like Stevens, only 19 days. Uh, Justice O'Connor, 33 days. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, only 42 days. Um, the longest one here that actually worked out was Clarence Thomas and 99 days now. Ninety nine days from today, just so you know, you can get prepared, is Kwanzaa. So I hope you have your tree or at least have ordered it. Uh, But ninety nine days is still well before January 20th, which is when uh, uh, President Trump would leave if he were to lose uh, or the Senate would be turned over if the Republicans lose the Senate. It's plenty of time. Uh, The basic point here is plenty of time. I mean, what's the average here? Maybe 60 days, a couple of months. Um, It might be a little bit after the election, but your job doesn't end at the election. That's not how this works. Your job ends at the end of your term. And it's important to do your job until the end of the term. Republicans were elected in 2014 uh, in the Senate. In 2016, the presidency. 2018, they expanded their uh, majority in the Senate. They were I mean, look, go back to the Trump days. Remember, people, including myself, were pretty skeptical about whether Donald Trump would actually name good justices. One of the reasons he put out a list of uh, justices that he might name to the Supreme Court was to win over people's votes who were skeptical of him and his conservative bona fides. What did he do? Well, he came out and he named Gorsuch, and I was pretty happy with that one. You look at this thing here and it's like, well, they didn't, the, the, the American people didn't revolt from Donald Trump because of that. They elected him. People didn't revolt from him in 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019. I mean, he you know, the Republicans still have the Senate. They could have voted them out if they didn't want uh, Republicans to be naming senators. Seems like they did. And they should go ahead and do it. In fact, beyond that, they must do it. This isn't a moral imperative. I don't I don't stress dis- look, do I believe that Roe versus Wade is ever going to be overturned? You know, I'm kind of a negative guy. I'm going to go ahead and say no on that one. It's very unlikely. But millions of lives are literally at stake here. You need to do whatever you can do in this situation. And this is absolutely within your rights. It's very constitutional. Uh, It's not that out of the ordinary. The only thing it does is kind of disagree with a a ham-handed version of what they tried to do in 2016. Well, that was a standard that the Democrats rejected wholeheartedly. And was just a honestly a cable news argument, uh, which was wrapped around a very true point that they did not have to let Merrick Garland become a Supreme Court justice. You just don't get it. A, the, the Senate is there to do something about this for a reason. Now, what's interesting about this is that the Democrats act like they, you know, that they care about institutions, like it's this really important thing to them. Of course, this is a lie. I mean, they went out and said almost immediately after saying, oh, the Constitution, you must let Merrick Garland in the Constitution. And now it's like, well, this is a democracy. How can you go against our democracy? Well, all they're saying almost right away is if you don't give us the things that we want here, we're just going to start packing the court and doing a 100 other things. Representative Joe Kennedy from Massachusetts has said just as much. He tweeted this. If he holds a vote in 2020, we pack the court in 2021. It's that simple. I'm not sure how to read that one. It's really nuanced. They want to pack the court anyway. Pete Buttigieg said he wants 15 Supreme Court justices in there. It's important to remember that nothing that any politician says really anybody in Washington means anything. It's all just nonsense. We think of these people as leaders trying to figure out what's best for the country, but it's better to think of them as defense attorneys for their parties. When a serial killer goes to trial, none of us think, well, that defense attorney really believes that serial killers should be all out there free to murder anyone they want. We know that they have a role. They make arguments. That's what they do. We have These people have roles. They'll say anything for any reason to get their client off. That's how the legal system works, whether it's true or not. That, unfortunately, is also how our politics works these days. People will just say anything. And at the risk of offending serial killers out there, the parties are kind of like the serial killers. They'll just defend them at any cost, whether it's true or not. For example, look at Joe Biden waxing poetic about the thing he's arguing for now would be the worst idea ever and how the Republicans' current stance is obviously the right thing for the country. I made it absolutely clear Mm. that I would go forward with the confirmation progress process as chairman. What? Even a few months before presidential election. Huh. If the nominee were chosen with the advice and not merely the consent of the Senate. Wow. Just as the Constitution requires. Just as the Constitution requires. You know he means it when he gets whispery like that. That's when he means it. Or he's whispering in your ear as he's sniffing your hair. It wasn't just Joe Biden. Here's um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. That's their job. There's nothing in the Constitution that says the president stops being president in his last year. That was about the Garland situation. We heard a lot about how Republicans are thwarting the dying wish of RBG. That is not how our system works. You don't get to name your replacement like you're a dad handing off your family plumbing business to your son. The Supreme Court is not a -a make-a-wish foundation. Your wishes don't come true because of when you wished them. Democrats know this, of course, so let's be clear about what they're doing. They're using the memory of Ginsburg to further their constant grab at power before the funeral has even happened. The bottom line is this. Of course Trump is going to name a replacement. This is how the system works. Everyone knows this, including the media and the left, who will act as if the entire system is going down in flames if the Republicans do exactly what the Democrats would also do. As our country dissolves into a series of warring tribes and newly formed mini-nation states, just remember this. Sure, the American experiment is blowing up on the launching pad, but at least we'll have tons and tons of videos of liberals freaking out in their cars, like this one.
1: Holy f- you guys, <laughs> I'm driving a car, but I just got a notification that Ruth Bader Ginsburg died. F- could this year get any f- worse? Ruth, you just had to make it to 2021.
0: She looks like she's driving 150 miles an hour in that clip. That is not safe, boys and girls. And she, at one point, she does like two or three sentences right to the phone. It's like, can you look at the freaking look out your in front of the wheel there, in front of the hood? See what you're running over? Can you check that out? All right, uh, let me tell you about buttercloth. Do you hate wearing dress shirts? Buttercloth has designed a men's dress shirt that is actually comfortable. It feels like you're wearing your favorite T-shirt. It's not stiff and scratchy like typical men's shirts. It's hard to describe. I will say I've never felt a fabric like it uh, because there is no fabric like it. There's not another one that exists. Buttercloth is the perfect name for this stuff. It feels, it's so soft. They actually sent, uh, ah, I got my Buttercloth. I actually got this mask too now i know we don't like the mask thing nobody likes the mask thing but this is definitely my favorite mask it's this unbelievable material so soft and breathable i just love it and if you have this thing on as a shirt you're gonna be very very happy camper you just gotta make sure you buy it big enough for an entire vacation where all you do is eat because when you come back the buttercloth thing i mean it's it's very stretchable it's very stretchy I feel very comfortable, but I don't know that it can take in an entire week of nonstop dinner. It was featured on ABC's hit show Shark Tank in 2018. They invested $250,000 in this, and that's kind of what got the whole thing started, but they know their stuff. They've been doing this for a while. Buttercloth is offering our listeners right now 20% off your first purchase. Go to buttercloth.com slash stew to receive 20% off your full price uh, first full price order. The slash stew part is important because that's how they know you like this stupid show. And I will say, you know getting the 20% off is awesome but it also these sponsors come to the table and they say hey we're going to support these these uh, you know voices they're going to talk about you know people speaking freely and that's important buttercloth.com/stew buttercloth.com/stew Joining us once again is The resurgence Drew Holden. You can find him on the Twitters at Drew Holden 360. His latest thread to go viral is an examination of all the political hypocrites who have flip-flopped on the idea of nominating a Supreme Court judge during an election
1: year. Drew, thanks for coming on the program. Stu, pleasure's mine, sir. Appreciate having me back.
0: We're just going to turn the show over to you on the days where you release these threads (laughs) because they're just so good. There's so much in there. Um, Kind of give me the outline of, of what you found this time.
1: Sure. So, uh, you know, obviously the, the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg is incredibly tragic. Um, but unfortunately, one of the first things that came to my mind after is there's going to be a political process. We're going to have to nominate someone. It's closing in on an election year. I think we've been here before and the usual voices were probably on the other side of it. So yeah. I went back through to see what folks had said last time when we wanted a confirmation to come close to an election. And wouldn't you know what the narrative there was a little different. It was very focused on this, uh, the hashtag, we need nine. how important mm-hmm important it is to have a full supreme court you know that's uh, obviously an important part of a democracy uh, as one part of it and the other was the hashtag do your job that it's the role of the senate to advise consent uh hear hear names even those maybe they don't like and uh as you could probably imagine Stu, as soon as i started poking around on the more recent commentary all of that (laughs) went right out the window
0: it's funny because the hashtag concept right is like it's something where like it's going to help organize all of us we're going to have this big it's going to be trending and you forget that years later when you've totally Flip flopped in all these positions. All someone has to do is search for that hashtag, and they're gonna have all your comments on that. I mean, they've really screwed themselves.
1: It's, it's true. I mean, it made my life a lot easier. I'm not going to pretend that it takes an enormous amount of lifting and research that necessarily goes into all of these. Sometimes I get luckier than other times. But man, when there's a hashtag there that everyone in the Senate jumps on and then decides that a couple of years later doesn't matter anymore. Boy, it's um it's stark.
0: <laughs> I don't know about you. I, I kind of back in the Garland days was of the was of the thought of they should have this vote. They should let them have the vote and just vote them down. Vote down Merrick Garland. Vote Me down too. the next 14 people. They list out there kind of for for this reason because you've now we've now escalated this battle with more and more strange tactics.
1: Um, it, it,
0: when you go when you look back at that period did Republicans handle that right?
1: Well so that's the thing. My I think that the short answer is not really um, but I think the logic stayed a little bit more consistent. I think on off the bat I agree with you, right? I think they should have had a hearing, they should have voted him down and carried on with life, right? They fulfilled the responsibility of the Senate. But you know, if you go back to what McConnell had to say way back when it wasn't tied in the same way that the Democrats currently is to the idea of we need a functioning Supreme Court. It's important to do these sorts of things. It was a little bit more naked power, right? And so in classic kind of Mitch McConnell fashion, <laughs> I don't know that he necessarily painted himself into a corner. The one person who I think really did though was Senator Lindsey Graham. <laughs> I think he did a really poor job, but then came out with a statement today where he was like, listen, I saw the Kavanaugh stuff go down. It was terrible. It's changed my mind about how these things are supposed to operate. And I was like, all right, I will uh, close it. Out that option on the next thread but
0: we really so should it. point out the fact that you could easily do this same thread with republicans i will say mcconnell 100%. was a little more specific about the way he was doing this this was not spread over every single commentator and every single uh republican there were a lot of people who were just saying the exact oh, same yeah. thing democrats are saying today
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. My, I mean, my next threat is going to be all the people who weren't particularly judicious with their words on the Republican side. Right. And there, there were plenty of people who went through and said the same thing. And it's it's funny to hear the words back now because it's all about the American people need a vote. This is an important election. It's the most important election that we've ever had. We should let that. It's, it's an important issue to voters. We should put this issue to voters. And it's like, well, all right, guys, well, uh, that didn't exactly age well, given where you are. Now. Yeah, uh, it strikes me
0: almost that the Democrats could. Uh, would have a better argument here if they were to just say the difference between 2016 and today is how close we are, right? Like 10 months, we think was enough time. This is a couple of weeks. It's not enough time. I still think that's a BS argument. And I would still go ahead. And I think it's an absolute requirement of Republicans to go ahead and put someone forward. But at least that I think might gain some traction with the American people. What they're doing now just seems like I'm not getting the things that I want and I'm pissed off about it.
1: Exactly. Exactly, Stu. And, you know, I think when I went back, there were a couple of people who I actually had teed up to include in the thread. And then I reread it and I was like, actually, you know, they're focused on how long this seat's been open and the fact that it's the longest we've ever had to wait for a a confirmation. I was like, okay, that's that's legit. I can buy that. Right. Like, that's the sort of thing that doesn't necessarily um, doesn't tick off the hypocrisy meter in my head. But you're right. I mean, if they had said before, like, hey, listen, they waited a really long time to put this one to a vote in a way that was obviously political, which spoiler alert, obviously it was. (laughs) and are now saying, hey, listen, like this is way too narrow. We're not going to be able, we've got a lot of other business to attend to, I think is the other important thing they could be saying, is we got to get a COVID package. We got to do this. We got to do that. Um, But they're not doing that. Right. And unfortunately, the way they've they've chosen to play it uh, is, is just so counter to the way that they had originally done once upon a time that it, it jumps off the page. Um, some of the
0: names uh, in your thread. Uh, we've got Obama. We've got Chuck Schumer. You've got Joe Biden, which is a yeah. pretty, pretty key one right now. Uh, Senator Blumenthal, who to me is almost to Cuomo level of annoyance. Um, Agreed. It, it, what, what are some of your favorite uh, examples of this that you found?
1: You know, I think my favorite has to be the the tweets of President Obama, because when I went back and read them, his logic, and I, I had another tweet today that kind of tried to crystallize it, his logic was very simple. It was, one, it is the job of the Senate to review a potential Supreme Court nominee and vote up or down. Two... It's the weenie nine mentality. It's we've got to have this seat full. It's important for the functioning of our democracy that we have that. And when I when I think about it, right? When I when I look outward at what I think is going to happen in here in a couple of months when we have an election, is it's going to be bad. It's like everything is going to be bad. I'm sure I'm not <laughs> blowing the doors off of anybody by saying that. But I think one of the ways it will be bad is that there will be challenges that end up in the Supreme Court. And so if you made the case a few years ago that we needed Merrick Garland to be able to function as a as a society, and now all of a sudden we can only have eight justices. As we head into what will probably be the most contentious election since, I don't know, the Civil War, I'm not buying it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think my favorite that I saw that you had was from Slate, who in in 2016 was actually doing a Merrick Garland ice cream flavor contest. Uh, And now it's the worst thing in the world that the, the Senate would actually name a nominee.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I'm I'm of the opinion these days that Slate is probably a deep op by Republicans to try and take <laughs> the the left wing think piece Vox styled mentality and just make it so hyperbolic and so ridiculous that no one could actually think it's real. Uh, and I, I tend to find that over and over again. And this was, yeah, the, I mean the the, the Merrick Garland like no peach whatever. Yeah, it's come on, it, absolutely ridiculous. I, as I watched this stuff go down though, I,
0: I had this. I was overwhelmed by the idea that we really shouldn't consider any of these people as authorities on any of this stuff. Right. Like this is these are people who are not saying things they believe they are saying things that will benefit them at that very second. I mean, Lindsey Graham is a great example of it. There's a ton of them on the left as well there. The analogy I was trying to use was. We should think of them more of like defense attorneys for the parties. Yep. Like they're yeah. there arguing Perfect. no matter what they have to do to get their client off, whether it's true or not.
1: Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, I think we should we should dispense with the notion that we should take anyone in good faith on these issues um, who has clearly displayed the opposite sort of mentality for all of these years leading up to it. And you're right. I mean, their job is to is to be the prosecuting and defense attorneys on this case. Um, They're there to get sound bites. They're there to sound good to their constituents. They're there to resonate with the sort of people that they hope will elect them yet again. Uh, The idea that any of them, particularly anyone who is saying that we were trying to, to not fill the last seat or. To fill the last seat on moral grounds, there's no point in listening that their their moral grounds have anything to stand on.
0: Yeah, this this uh, this whole thing puts a uh, shines a light on the op-ed that uh, Ben Sass wrote last week about taking partially about taking cameras out of the well of the Senate. It, yeah, it does make me feel like yes. that might be a good idea. Um, what's the right thing going forward here, Drew? I mean, I you know, I, I to me, you got to put a you got to put a nominee up, and I think you have to yep. almost basically at any cost uh to replace ruth bader ginsburg with a conservative if, if it's at all possible is that the yep. right path and what should we any idea on who they should pick
1: uh, I, I think so. Uh, I, I think I totally agree with that. Uh, my my two cents is that you know we've we've already seen what folks on the left are threatening to do in the event where this seat isn't filled, right? It's a, we're in a bit of a hostage negotiation sort of cycle, and I don't think it makes sense for us to step back and say, well, maybe just this time, if we placate our opponents, they'll play fair the next time around. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. We've seen how this plays out. Uh, I think you're right, and I think that there are enough voters who are who are sitting back and saying, this is why I voted for Trump. Right? There's an enormous number of people who held their nose and said, well conservative judges are really important. So that, that should be the priority. Uh, my personal take, I, I'm rooting for the same candidate who I was rooting for when Kavanaugh eventually got tapped. Uh, that That's you know, Jamie Comey Barrett. I think she's fantastic. Uh, I think she motivates the base. I think she excites people. And the reality is, I think, you know, Trump's shortlist is all women, which it needs to be. Um, and I think that this is going to be a, a, the case where you want someone with a, a public record, you want someone who's been vetted, and you want there to be nothing that could knock them off what will be a, a high wire act over the next 45 days. I think she passes that.
0: Um, do you worry at all with uh, with with Amy Coney Barrett of the idea that she really doesn't have a super long public record? And I, yep. this is a road that Republicans go down a lot to try to get someone who can get past you know, confirmation. But then we don't know all that much about them. I will say everything I've read about her seems you know, stellar. But is yep. there a part of you that's nervous about this, considering there isn't a huge record on her?
1: Yeah, I, I think so, right? I mean, I think one of the one of the ideas I heard floated uh, back in the Kavanaugh days was that we should have a short list of people who have clerked for Clarence Thomas and that he has signed off on yeah. as the like one true conservative justice that we've ever really got to see mm-hmm. uh, and just have have his clerks be our people. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm certainly worried that we end up with someone who we think has conservative bona fides and doesn't. Uh, but with her, I think she's been very, very clear and very outspoken. She's been very closely linked to Antonin Scalia, who I think is someone who most conservatives can look at and say, yeah, I, I like that guy. I like like where he comes down. And at the end of the day, you've, you gotta take a look at the sorts of positions that she's articulated, the philosophy she seems to be able to articulate on the whole, uh, and, and then to throw caution to the wind a little bit. I mean, at the end of the day, we're always gonna be up in the air about what a judge is gonna look like. And so I worry that if we spend too much time infighting about those sorts of things, we'll lose the momentum that we need to keep for the next 45 days or so.
0: Uh, they, ha- they can lose three Republican senators here. Um, you know, uh, we have two that are kind of already said, Markowski and Collins yep. have said they're out. Uh, I mean, nobody believed Lindsey Graham was going to vote against this nominee. Uh, right. Mitt Romney's another thing, which it, right, that one's kind of up in the air. Any, any surprises you think on this front? Any, do you think they'll be able to hold 50 together?
1: I I think so. Um, I I think so. And here's why. I think but for the Kavanaugh experience, you could have potentially lost people like Graham, uh, Lamar Alexander, Mm -hmm. other people who are kind of those like the the bigger believers in the institutional norms of the Senate. I just think all of those people saw what happened with Kavanaugh. I think they saw how awful it got, how dark it got, uh, and how cheap it got, and how cheap it got so quickly. And so I think you're going to have people who are a lot more reticent to be able to step back and say, oh, no, my, my norms. Not again. I can't do this. Because they've seen that it's it's kind of a land of wolves in a lot of ways for these confirmations. And I I think that that mentality has gotten across to most Republican senators. And I think most of the ones who are looking at being reelected at any point ever again in their life are going to take that one to heart.
0: There's probably a lesson to learn here. Uh, If you want the trust of someone you're working with, don't falsely accuse them of rape over and over again. It's just one of the two does America rules that we have.
1: That's That seems like a good rule to me, Stu. i got to be honest. Um, <laughs> uh, of all of the things to invent, I would say uh, accusing someone of gang rape as a teenager is, is pretty low yeah. and definitely not something that you would want to do against anyone you'd like to have a positive working relationship with in the future.
0: Okay, last one for you before uh, you go. Um, what does this do to the political situation? Does it help Trump? Does it hurt Trump? I mean, I, I could honestly see this going uh, either way. I think it's worth going for if it hurts or it helps, but w- which way do you yep. think it goes?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I've, I've flipped back and forth, I think, a little bit on this one. My first thought was it's going to help Trump because so many people on the conservative side care so deeply about these sorts of issues that will animate them and, and get them out. Mm-hmm. And on the left, you see a lot more people who, are, of course, are there people who are who are going to be motivated by by wanting to protect RBG seat? Yeah. But at the end of the day, I think where I come down is the people who are going to vote about this issue on the right are still probably people who they have their hang ups with Trump. Maybe they have their issues with the direction the Republican Party has taken. But to me, they're the ones who are more likely to stay home than someone who has the an RBG t-shirt on the left who's, who's singing Imagine on the steps of the Supreme Court right now. Like we know those people were gonna get out and vote. We knew they were gonna phone bank. We knew that they were gonna be passionate about this election. Uh, and I think this probably reinvigorates a relatively weary Republican coalition to go back into battle again.
0: Mm. Drew uh, Holden from The Resurgent, uh, the tweet thread, we're gonna tweet it out from... Uh, at America, You can always get all of these things. Go back through Drew's uh, Twitter feed. Maybe you can find a thread of him being hypocritical (laughs) and you can post it. One day. One day it's going to happen. One day. Uh, Go to Drew Holden 360 on Twitter uh, and keep up to date with everything the media wants you to, you know, kind of slip by your radar this year. Drew Holden, thanks for coming on the program.
1: Thanks, sir. Appreciate it. All right, back in a second.
0: For your daily uh, view of why the apocalypse is near, I give you this. CNN has fact checked Joe Biden and uh, said he's false uh, on two separate claims. One, that there's no session in the Supreme Court between now and the election. Uh, It's inaccurate. Uh, Begins on October 5th. Uh, nearly a month before the election, according to CNN. The other one I think is more significant now, uh, though. One of the things, Joe Biden doesn't want to release a list of his Supreme Court nominees like Trump has. Why? Well, because he knows if he puts someone out who, there who's moderate, people like AOC will freak out. And if he doesn't give left-wing nominees their candy, then uh, uh, they'll freak out. And if, if they give all left-wing nominees or too many left-wing nominees, the moderates will get freaked out and they might go vote for Trump. So he's trying to keep it secret, basically. Um, and so what happens is, he, you know, Biden comes out and says this. He says, they're now saying after Ruth Bader Ginsburg passes away, they say Biden should release his list. It's no wonder the Trump campaign asked that I release list only after she passed away. It's a game for them. A play to gin up emotions and anger. Uh, CNN points out facts first. This is just wrong. The Trump campaign and Trump himself had repeatedly said prior to Ginsburg's death that Biden should release a list of prospective Supreme Court nominees. And so we have the list here, if you haven't seen it yet. Um, and, and, you know, he released it like a week and a half before Ginsburg's death. There's a part of me that wonders, and, and, the, and the president should know this news, if, you know, Ginsburg's is on her deathbed, they might have had that knowledge in advance um, and are thinking to themselves, well, let's get this list out there. I wonder if we'll find that out in the coming weeks. Um, it's a long list, though, but we could luckily eliminate a bunch of the names um, because even the most PC president or non-PC president in history, uh, the guy who... We have a president now who is the most anti-PC guy in the universe. But even he is saying like, oh, yeah, it's got to be a woman. Obviously, it's got to be a woman. So we can get rid of a lot of his list here really early. For example, let's go through the first names. Daniel, you know, I mean, look, it's the genitals are wrong. Can't have a dong in this list. Okay, I hate to say it. Daniel's got a dong. Paul's got a dong. Tom's got a dong. Ted's got a dong. Stuart's got a dong. Stephen's got a dong. No, uh, Noel. Yeah, he's got a dong. Uh, Josh has got a dong. James Ho has got a dong. James Ho would be great, but he's got a dong. Sorry, James. Uh, you're out. Uh, Greg's got a dong. Christopher's got a dong. Carlos has got a dong. Peter. Peter's got a Peter and Lawrence has got a dong, which leaves us with only Bridget, Barbara, Martha, Sarah, Allison, and Kate. Because they got the right parts so they can be considered. So we're down to a list of six. Just that simple. We've eliminated 70% of the qualified people <laughs> based on their genitals. This is a good thing for us to be doing, America. I hope, I hope, you're, uh, hope you're okay with it. Uh, look, I'm just want, I just want a conservative. I don't care what genitals they have. Let's just pick the best person. Can we do that? Can we do that? Back in a second. So it is winning season right now at my bookie. Not necessarily a winning season for the Philadelphia Eagles, we should point out. But it's winning season for me whenever the Eagles lose. Because I vote. I, I, when I do put a little wager down on a sporting event like the National Football League, I make sure to vote against my favorite teams. Why? Because when they lose, I should get paid. You can do that dumb philosophy as well at my bookie. Because winning season means hitting all your parallels, all your props, all, get, it, get it all done and, you know, whether your team is trouncing their rivals or getting trounced by their rivals, including a team that doesn't even have a logo anymore, the Washington football team, you can still be a winner with my bookie. Celebrate the return of the NFL season by investing in your intuition. New players get up to a thousand bucks in free play to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet from live betting to championship futures. Every play you want to make is waiting at my bookie. It's simple. Just make your picks, you win big, you collect your cash, and you have a little bit of happiness you can salvage by watching the Philadelphia Eagles lose to not only the Redskins, but also the Rams in devastatingly pathetic fashion. Visit MyBookie.com and use the promo code STEW today to double your first deposit. And remember, the STEW code is extra super important because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Plus, you'll get the cool deal doubling your deposit. MyBookie.com, use promo code STEW to double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today. Eagles probably in a few weeks, but your winning season can begin today at MyBookie. It's mybookie.com, and the code is STU. Uh, I don't know if you know this. It's totally okay to paint murals in New York City. That is okay now. It's been approved. As long as it says Black Lives Matter, totally okay. Says so anything else, any other opinion, then definitely not okay. Not cool if you didn't even think you could do that. Unfortunately, a couple of people and I I wonder if they perhaps watch or listen to this show because you can do that. You know, on YouTube, you subscribe there. You can go to podcast. You can subscribe there. Listen every single day. Even if you only listen on one, go to the other one and subscribe there, too, because it helps the show. Anyway, here's the new mural that went up in uh, New York, uh, a little different than some of the other Black Lives Matter ones. This one just says F Cuomo and de Blasio. Now, it didn't. It says a little more than F. It's got some other letters after that. It's not, it's just not polite. And I will say this, if you are responsible for that out there, um, that's just not, it's not polite. And I think you should, (coughs) you should, uh, hold on, get a drink. You know, everything tastes wonderful in this particular mug. Yes, this is the Andrew Cuomo is Awful mug, and it's here now for you. Go to andrewcuomoisawful.com. You can get that. Plus, you can get uh, masks and T-shirts and tons of other stuff. All I know is that Andrew Cuomo is Awful. And the other thing that they wrote, too, it makes some sense. It makes some sense. Um, I will also say, uh, before we uh, take a break here, uh, there's a new... We rolled a video of the Melania Trump statue in Slovenia. Now, Melania was born in the Soviet Union. Think about that, doesn't that blow your mind if you're like above 14 years old? If you're above 14 years old, think about this for a second. The first lady of the United States of America was born in the Soviet Union it's incredible. It really is an incredible thing. Uh, Now it's Slovenia. Uh, So they had, they put up a statue of her and I guess, did someone burn it down? Is that what happened to the first one? So they put up another one of of Melania. And as you know, Melania is a very beautiful woman. Like this is gonna, uh, I'm sure she works well for a statue, I would assume. Um, However, their effort here, I'm curious, do they hate her or what's the, um, here comes the statue with this very slow reveal and there it is. Now, Do we have this, do we have the, I don't know how to describe this to you if you're listening on podcast. It's basically like a lump of stone with a really awkward like um, pageant sort of wave. Do we have the full screen of this? Because it is not, uh, it's not a beautiful, not a beautiful statue. I'd I'd say they could maybe be a little bit, maybe they could have hired someone who's sculpted before, you know, that would be one of my recommendations do we have that or no yeah here it is (laughs) look at this now what does that have to do with melania it's just a faceless lump of stone i mean it's more respect than she ever got here but still it's not exactly i don't think it does her justice i'll have to say back in a second We love to get your reviews on iTunes. We read them at the end of the show. I only see the ones that have five stars because that's the appropriate number of stars, and I'm shielded in a bubble from your negative comments. That's the Stu Does America guarantee. Uh, Stu is holding my family hostage for five stars. Stu has trapped my family in his lair and is forcing them to listen to his show continuously until I rate this podcast five stars. Whatever. Five freaking stars. Stu does five stars. Five freaking stupendous stars. Thanks for making obvious data you provide, uh, making obvious data you provide every day easy for even Joe Biden to understand. And eh, maybe not quite, you know, that obvious. But yeah, no, Joe Biden definitely does not understand the show. But five freaking stars. Thank you very much. Five. Five freaking stars. Proof that millennials like this stupid show. Stu's content is funny because it's so true. Five freaking stars. Thank you very much. Uh, trying to defeat the Al uh, robots. It's not, I mean, it's algorithm, but Al rhythm. We all know that Al Gore doesn't have any rhythm. I'm not sure how else, how else to defeat the Al ro- ro- robots, but they are truly frightening. And Stu's America is great. You know, whatever. Five freaking stars. Here we go. It's great. Mostly because his wife is hot. Oh, and my wife thinks Stu is cute. I don't get it. His cuteness doesn't do a thing for me. Well, I mean,
1: you gave me five stars, so it does something for you. I'll say that. We'll
0: see you tomorrow.